make sure I did this with my other granddaughter that's here, Emma. Amen. Stand up, Emma. Amen. Thank God for Emma being with us also. She's been with us for the last what, couple of days. One thing about Emma I really love is that she is a reader. She devours books like nobody I ever knew. Child, I'm going to tell you right now, if you'll take most adults to task of how quickly she reads and goes through these books, it, it has made a lot of progress in there that she needs to be comforted. Amen. Thank God. She's gotten awards for her reading. She loves to read. She'd rather read than watch TV. That's awesome. This day and time, amen. We thank God for her. Amen. So now it's time for us to look into the word of God. Now bow your heads and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for everything that's been said and done and gone before us, Lord. And now we ask you, God, to bring our thoughts, our hearts, our attention in unto you, Lord. Move me out of the way, Lord. Lord, we just pray that your spirit would have your way in each and every one of us, God. Remove our barriers. Lord, help us to lower our defenses, God. Lord, help us to be ready to hear when we receive from you. Lord, we know that you like us. Lord, you demonstrated that through sacrificing Jesus. Lord, yet you're yet striving daily by your spirit to call us closer unto yourself, God, that we might be your representatives, your ambassadors, so that we may live a life, God, that, that magnifies you, Lord, and speaks to our hearts, Lord, and helps us, Lord, to lay aside those things, God, that, that separate us from you in any degree. Lord, because those things separate us from one another. So we ask you, God, to strengthen us, to build us, to incline our ears, our spirits, to hear what you say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. The last time I really got a chance to talk to you, amen, was on Father's Day. I know we had an outburst there. It was about folk there, and that was, you know, catered or tailored for the occasion. And then Father's Day, again, thinking, you know, God is doing something in this living thing. Huh? Just, just tell somebody he's doing something. Amen. And we just got to be decent and willing and still, amen, as he, he does what he's doing in each and every individual, amen, so that we can work and we can flow and we can operate. Now, this morning I want to make it clear, everybody's saying amen. Amen. That's the answer. I mean, I don't know if that's what y'all discussing, but I don't know if you decided that earlier in the week. Everybody is saying amen. The nursery will be open any parents needed, amen, and I want the ushers to make sure everyone is in from the back, come on in, everybody inside, amen, got some work to do, <laughs> amen, and as we allow God to speak to our hearts, amen, don't look to your brother or your sister, your sister say, it's me, Olo, amen, and looking at this word, it, it's something that, you know, one thing that's amazing to me is just to compare
understand the word. You got to redeem it before you deliver it. Amen? And I, I know it's just like uh, it's so, so many things. You, you, you can only do so much in and of yourself. But when the Holy Spirit kicks in, there'll be a whole lot more that will come forth. But I just thank God because we're here to live for God. Bottom line, okay, we're, we're here to live for God. And this morning, I want to speak to us about, from the, from the topic, living a life that honors God and leads to blessing. Living a life that honors God and leads to blessing. And it's not blessings that come from me. It's not blessings that come from man, you know, anything that we can do. But it's the blessings that come from God. Amen. God throughout the Old Testament and even as Jesus spoke and we look at his word in the New Testament, he, he, he desires to bless his people. Amen. I mean, that's what the, the whole scripture is about. That's, that's, you know, what we're trying to be in a place, amen, that we're walking in towards these blessings. Matthew 5 talks about, you know, as we call the Beatitudes, but he talks about all blessed are they that, you know, and it goes through the whole liturgy of things that, that the attitude that we should live and operate in, and that's not my text for this morning, but, you know, it's, it's, it's that, and, and it's funny, they call it the be attitude. Let's just be your attitude, you know, in, in every situation, amen, is if that's your attitude, you will be blessed. Not because I said so, but that's what Jesus said, amen. So as we, as we, we incline our ear, hear what the Lord is saying unto us, amen, because, you know, we got to go deeper in order to go higher. Hallelujah. So turn with me to Philippians, the second chapter, if you would, and we'll go to work. At verse number five, said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made, but made himself of no reputation. Tell, tell somebody, get rid of your rep. See, this, uh, now this is talking about Jesus. Yeah, I want us to really incline our ear this morning. He said, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. See, you got to destroy your reputation and become a servant. That's hard for most people, especially Americans. Huh? But he became a servant and was made like in the likeness of man and being Found in the form as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. Now, what is that? That's a result of his obedience. That's a result of his humility. That's a result of him being no reputation. He's more concerned about the reputation of God than his own. You know, oftentimes he told them, amen, I don't, it's not what I do. I do only what my father tells me to do. He deferred everything to his father. So he said, and because he lived this and he did this, we see, amen, because of that reason, that's what therefore is saying. God 
him and give him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven and things in the earth, things under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of, to not to Jesus, but to the glory of the Father. So everything he did, amen, even though the Lord exalted him, it was still for the glory of his Father. So think about our lives, amen. If we would live like this, and although God will bless us and you know, we will be exalted in areas in the eyes of others that still not for our glory. Too often, amen, when exaltation comes, you know, we begin to glory in it rather than that recognizing that this is for the glory of my Heavenly Father. You know, oftentimes we're so busy defending our reputation and what somebody says about us, amen, we, we, we forget who it is that we're serving and we become self-serving. Amen, because that's what defense is. It's to, it's to serve you. It's to defend you. Rather than being oblivious of yourself and only concerned about how it makes God look, how our living, our actions, our thoughts. This is how Jesus, this is the example that Jesus came and, and, and laid out before us. Amen. And if we would just begin to follow, you see, he lived a life that honored the Father. And because he lived a life that honored the Father, he was able to be exalted. He came to be an example for us. So I, I, I'm thoroughly convinced that if I or you live a life that's totally focused on honoring God, he will exalt you because that's what his, Bible, that's what his word tells us. That's what, it, it, it's not about anybody else, but it's about you and him. And another, another example of this very thing, go to Hebrews, the, the fifth chapter, if you will. I mean, because he was called out, amen. Jesus was called out even in the Old Testament. Well, I ain't got time to dig into all that. But in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, starting at the seventh verse, amen. This is after you have a reminder that he was called out after the order of Melchizedek, the theophany of God. But it says here, starting at verse number seven and five in the fifth chapter of Hebrews who in the days of his flesh, talking about Jesus again. Now hear this. When he had offered up prayers and supplications, supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. Talking about when he was in the garden, getting ready to be crucified, offered up prayers and supplications and strong tears, crying. We're talking about Jesus. Okay? Unto him that is able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared or he reverenced God. He was a, you know, we're not talking about a, a, a fear of terror. But this, this is talking about a reverential fear, an honoring, an honoring, an honoring of God. That he were a son, though he were a son. Yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Ooh, can I just stop there just for a moment? All the stuff that Jesus went through. Now you say, well, what do you mean Jesus learned obedience? Jesus in his walk on the earth did not come walking in his supernatural power. 
He walked as a man amongst men in order to show us that we could do the very same thing if we kept our mind and our heart on God. If he came in his supernatural power and ability, amen, then the scripture could not clearly say that he was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. So even though these things came against him, he was touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He was challenged in so many different ways, just as we are every day. Yet he didn't cave in to sin. He didn't cave into his feelings and his emotions and what was going on in the society around him. But yet he kept his focus upon what he was here to do, to live for the Father, to live a life that glorified his Father. That's what we're called to do. Amen. We're called to be now as the sons and daughters of God, just as it says, though he was a son, he learned what? Yet learned he, that his flesh had to be obedient. Even in in the garden where he came to the place and said, not my will. In other words, that lets you know his flesh had another will. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. He was obedient enough to abandon his will. It wasn't the the will of that flesh to to be crucified. No more than it is your will to go through the hell you go through sometimes. And the things that come against you. And the trials and the struggles that hit you. And the hurts and the pain. But yet, he went through all that. Keeping the focus on God. And say, even though I don't want to go through this. If this is going to teach me. Look what it said. He learned. He learned. He learned. He learned, I'm going to say it again, he learned obedience. How? By reading the word? By quoting scripture? No. It said he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Oftentimes the things we suffer are the things that makes us become disobedient. I'm not going to do it because until everything is perfect, I'm not going to. No, no, no. We need to learn how to. Learn obedience through our trial, yet be obedient to the word of God. When it hurts, when it doesn't feel good, when people are coming against you, when things aren't right, yet being obedient to love and to forgive. Thank you, Wellington. To be able to do those things that he has called us to do, obedient to the scripture, no matter how you feel about it. This is what he's calling. This is the example that Jesus gave us. But yet. We're obedient to our feelings and our emotions sometimes. We're obedient to what the society says and what's trending and what's popular. But not the word of God. Not the example that's been set before us. I, I, I want us to go higher than God. I want us to break off all this, this, this carnal stuff. All this petty stuff, amen. Maybe it's not you, but who, if I'm talking to one person in here today, it's worth it all. But if we can break past all this stuff that comes to distract us and to stop us from being the light, being the examples, being the representatives. Let me tell you something. Jesus died for you. And if that's not enough to make you have a passion to live for him, me calling you on the phone ain't going to change you. Me walking with you every day and going, if his dying for you wasn't enough, I can't help you. I can teach you his word. I can show you my passion. But you got to be about it. 
that I'm going to live this thing for him. Stop blaming the lack on everybody else and get your eye on Jesus. They and them. and No, 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 no. Time out for all that stuff. It's time to get in Christ. In Christ. But look what he said. He learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And look what it says now. And being made perfect. Wow. You mean your suffering is going to make you perfect? Your suffering is going to learn you, teach you how to be obedient so you can walk perfectly before God. Now notice there's a difference between God's perfection and your perfection. Man's perfection. See, because you, you can be perfect before God. Man going to still find fault with you. Because man is not the discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. God is. So we got to have our hearts set before him and say, Lord, being made perfect, it said, he became the author. Look at this. The author of eternal salvation unto what? All them that did what? Obey him. Now, see, that's, that's a topic. That's a topic. Talking to adults about obedience. I'm three times seven. I, I, I pay my own mortgage. Who you talking about? Be obedient. No, 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 no. We got to learn obedience to the word of God. Unfettered obedience to the word of God. No matter what it looks like, no matter what circumstances it seems like it's going to bring in this world, being obedient to the word of God. Because that's what I mean. He, he became that for us. I don't know about y'all, but it, it just blesses me, amen. Hallelujah. Because he's the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Tenth verse is called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Hallelujah. We need to understand. We, as God's people, are without excuse, although, you know, and I'm, when I say we, I'm not just talking about living faith. I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about the church at large. I see so many things that fly in the face of the word of God, amen, on TV, coming from Christians. So many things that fly and go against scripture that the church is beginning to endorse and co-sign more and more. God still hates sin. No matter how many we, how many bishops and archbishops and you know elders co-signing, he still hates sin. No matter how many say, okay, it's all right to do this or to do that, he still hates sin. And he said that it's not going to enter in. Although he hates sin passionately, he loves the sinner. Huh? And see, that's why we can't get it mixed up. We can't become haters of people because they're caught in sin. Amen. Because then, therefore, we must hate ourselves. Hello. They get to a place that we hate the sin. Amen. And we walk in a way that God wants us to walk. Amen. You know, there's a British historian, E.H. Carl. He said this. You cannot look forward intellectually, I mean, intelligently into the future unless you are also prepared to look back attentively at the past. 
where are you going? What can you learn from history? What can you learn from people's stories? Amen. And not hang out there but so that you can move forward, be better, go higher, not repeat the same mistakes. Amen. Walk in the love and the forgiveness of God. So we must look back. But in order to look forward, that's what we need to be doing is looking forward. You know, but we think about the book of Ecclesiastes, the Solomon in his old age, amen, he, he took time to, to, to review his life and to review the things that he learned. And the scripture tells us that Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. And he reviewed and, and, and he took the, the review of his life, amen, and all the things that he looked at from his past, amen, and to leave some parting wisdom to coming generations, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Amen. And in that book of Ecclesiastes, he shares a lot of things. And how many times, you know, I remember as a young Christian, when I first began to read Ecclesiastes, it just messed me up because he, he just talked so much about how things are so vain. Vanity of vanity and vexation of spirit. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about? He just, he, he just looked at things that, you know, we go through and we deal with. And, and yet he says that all that's vain. All that distraction, all that stuff that, that gets you off course. In vain, say, it, 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 it's worth nothing. It's useless. But yet we get caught up in some of those things. Maybe you need to sit down sometime and just read through Ecclesiastes, amen, all 12 chapters and see. There's, some, there's a lot of sage wisdom in there, a lot of things that you can extract from Ecclesiastes. But yet, at the end of the book, <laughs> he says these words. He leaves us a bit of wisdom. And then after 12 chapters, this is all contained in these final phrases that he gives us. Amen. In the 12th chapter, verses 13 and 14, he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. In other words, honor him. And keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments. Wow. The 14th verse says this, For God shall bring every word into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. He's going to judge it all. Every conversation, every action, every thought. But the bottom line is, that we need to honor God and serve him. That's the whole duty of man. Now, you know, as I think about that, in the military, we got to stand duty. Am I right? And when you stand duty, amen, when you're on duty, what matters? You stand your watch. Amen? They don't want to hear your reasons why. They don't. They, they, they don't want to hear reasons why you can't be on duty. Huh? And especially in wartime. We in war spiritually, y'all. Just want to drop that in there. Amen. But in wartime, if a soldier is found sleeping on his post, they just wake him up and tell him go go lay down somewhere else. That's the wrong place to sleep. No. If he's found sleeping on his post, 
he can be shot the dereliction of duty how many Christians are sleeping on their post I said how many Christians are sleeping on our post and think well God got it all covered no he called you into his arms Amen. And we're supposed to be on duty for him, but yet we're caught up in all ourselves sleeping, amen, sleeping, sleeping, amen, along with the world sleeping and not watching and praying and honoring him with our lives and serving him like he wants us to serve. Come on, somebody. I'm going to help somebody today. It's time to get out of our rut, get out of our excuse making and reasons why I can't because they... Time out for that. Time for you to decide you're not doing this for man. We're not living to please anybody but God. And he's given us an opportunity in the earth, number one, to do that. Called us unto salvation. Planted us in a place, amen, that he has chosen for us. And, you know, I, I think about, again, in the military, sometimes they send you places you don't want to go. So you're going to get there and say, well, I ain't going to serve until I get to my next duty station. I'll just stay here and, re, you know, collect my pay and get my, you know, benefits, but I'm not going to serve because I don't like it here, so I'm not going to serve here. No, that doesn't work. But when it comes to the kingdom, oh, yeah, that's how we do God. I'm trying to help us, man. Trying to help us, huh? You know, you know. As I was praying, I found this 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 test of obedience. You ever heard your obedience tested and failed? Don't raise your hand. Now let me let me share this with you. It says, it says this, Amen. It's an uh, obedience test that Arabian horses undergo before they're sold for lots of money. Arabian horses can be very expensive. Amen. Arabian horses go through a rigorous training in the deserts of the Middle East. The trainers require absolute obedience from the horses. Absolute obedience. Can you imagine if all Christians walked in absolute obedience to the Word of God? Not just when it felt good. Not just when you, you, when you wanted to. But he said absolute obedience from their horses. And test them to see if they are completely trained. But I'll say for us, we are we completely submitted. Okay? The final test is almost beyond the endurance of any living thing. The trainers force the horses to do without water for many days. They're in the desert. Okay? Then he turns them loose. And, of course, they start running towards the water. But just as they get to the edge and ready to plunge in and drink, the trainer blows his whistle. Ah. The horses who have been completely trained and who have learned perfect obedience stop. Oh, I see some of y'all right now. Huh? Oh, we've been fasting 24 hours and Apostle David called and said, Add another 12. I just got through getting my food warm. And I got the text that says, don't eat yet. Yeah. 
Think about it. It said they stop when they hear the whistle. Some of them use a bell. And that horse was right here to the way. He had drank for about three or four days in the hot sun of the desert, night and day, no water. Get that close to the water, and he hears that bell that he's been trained to obey without question. And he hears it just as he's dropping his head, and he stops. This is, I mean, I watched the video on it, but I ain't got time to bring it up. But he stops right there. Complete obedience. He said, they turn around and come prancing back to the trainer. They stand there quivering, wanting water. But they wait in perfect obedience. As the trainer is sure that he has their obedience, he gives them the signal to go and drink. God ever done something like that to you? Huh? Oh, he'll do something like that to you. I won't go through the whole story, but I remember, man, I prayed for a certain thing, and, and like God opened the door, and I went through two and a half years of training, and just as I was getting ready to go through the threshold, he said, no. Now, I could have went. Everything was in order for me to go, and it's not just one time. But when God said no, no matter how much training I'd done, no matter how much separation I'd been from my kids and my wife, God said no. Why did I go? I had to turn around and say, no, I can't do it. Obedience to God. See, uh, see, if we learn to be obedient to God, we learn to be obedient to God's authority in our lives, no matter how it comes. Oh, I'm going to start getting ahead of myself. Huh? But we understand these things, amen? See, once the trainer, once he's sure they've been completely trained, now... The horses are treated very specially. And when they're sold, once they've been trained, they bring a lot of income and blessing to their owners because they know how to be perfect obedience. Wow. And Pastor David, that's, that's kind of the definition of what it means to say because obedient or not. The word of God is ultimate. He said, thou shalt not lie to the spot of mine who told you. You know, if we have the example in the word that my life is no more my own, I'm bought with a price. Why do we find loopholes to do it our way? If your life ain't your own, oh, goodness, help me, Holy Spirit. That means there's no more me time. It's all God time. Look with me to Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter. Speaks about this, this, this obedience. Amen. I'm still talking about living a life that honors God, that leads to blessings. But you can't honor God without being obedient to him. Man, no obedience is disobedience. Mm. Through obedience, God is also, you know, to God we, we earn the blessings of God. Let me read a look at that. Let's dive in verse 29 in Deuteronomy. It says, oh, that they were such and heart in them. He's talking about his people. 
that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Oh, if I could find the heart in them to keep my com- all my commandments always. That, that, that don't leave any room for when you don't feel like it. When you don't agree with it. You know, as we went through the fast, one of our one of the passages, amen, that I, I encourage you to read was coming out of Deuteronomy, the twenty eighth chapter, one through fourteen. Amen. And he talks about if you'll do these things, if you obey, observe to obey all his commandments. He talks about the fourteen verses. He talks about the blessings, amen. Above only and all those things, amen, the blessings that will come. But I don't know if anyone took notice, but there are sixty eight verses in that chapter. The first 14 say, if you listen to me this time, I'm going to hook you up. And if you just do that, we'd be blown away. And he would do it if we would just do what he asked us to do. But starting at verse number 15, my goodness, the next 54 verses deal with the curses that's going to come if you don't. And that's not nothing that, again, I, I didn't put that in your mind. That's God. So, you know what, I'd rather be on the first 14 than, than caught up in the other 54 verses. And if you haven't read, just take time to read the whole chapter and see where, where we find ourselves, amen. And, and we, we still serve the same God today, and there's different ways. Like he don't do the same thing he did back then. There's ways God will, will, will let you know that he's not pleased with you. Huh? Amen. At one place he tells them, amen, to turn them over to Satan to buffet their flesh that their soul might be saved. The, the, the things that he tells us, amen, because God is concerned about you and he wants you to represent him. But we got to get our hearts and our minds right, amen. Proverbs 22 and 4. Again, Solomon's advice, amen, to us. He says, by humility... And the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Now, how do those things come? They come by humility. Amen. The fear or the honor of God. Amen. And, and because, now, look what he says. By these things, by humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Flip over to the 15th chapter of Proverbs. Verse 33, it says, fear, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And again, and before honor is humility. Now, what, what, what are y'all seeing here? I don't know if you're seeing what I'm seeing. Huh? Then the 18th chapter, he says it again. Before destruction, the hearts of men, of man is haughty. And before honor. Is humility. Now, see, we're talking about, you know, I, I start talking about, you know, living a life that honors God. But what happens? What do we see here? He said, if we would fear him and obey him, it honors him. And in turn, he honors us. Don't you want to be honored by God? Huh? Because if 
before these things, amen, before honor is humility, you got to humble yourself. You got to humble yourself before God. When you humble yourself before God, he says riches and honor and life will come your way because you put him first. But you got your focus off of you, amen. And when you get your focus off of you, guess what? God can't focus on you. But when you focus on you, you get in the way of God. I can't help them. They're too busy trying to help themselves. So obedience puts us in a position, amen, to be able, amen, to receive from God. Huh? Not many of us know that our parents, amen, we're not too willing to, to bless our children when they're disobedient. But when they're walking in obedience, oh, we, we want, we're looking for ways to bless them, opportunities to bless them. Huh? Obedience, again, another thing about obedience, obedience is love and worship of God. And it induces God's fellowship. Well, see, when we walk in obedience to him, we're showing him that we love him. Amen. We're, we're worshiping him, not just by a hallelujah song, but by an obedient life unto Jesus Christ. And when we do that, amen, now he wants, he, he's able and willing to come in fellowship with you. Amen. Ecclesiastes, again, amen, the 12th chapter. It says it like this in the talking about the whole duty. It says it like this in the paraphrase Bible. He said, the whole duty of man is obedience to God. That's your whole duty. That's all that's what you're here for. That's what that's what you're created for, is to be obedient to God. And how do we do that? That's when we read the rest of the word. How you want me to be in my situations? Forgive them, love them, reach them. You know, go and fulfill my commission. All those things, amen. They come into the obedience. You know, when you begin to look at the, the, the commandments, amen, as well as it again, hit it very well. It says the commandments are filled in our love. It, says, it lets us know, amen, that by your love, the world will know that you are my disciples by your love, how you love one another. He wasn't talking to the worldly people. He was talking to the church. He said, how you love each other, then they'll know that you're my disciples. The enemy likes to come in and weave his ugly web, amen, of deception and division and strife and all those things, amen. So therefore, we, 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 we begin to fight and devour. Now we got denomination against denomination, family against family. Why? Because we're focused on the wrong stuff, amen, and we're not living a life that's willing to be sacrificial unto God, amen, willing to suffer for righteousness' sake. Jesus did it. What did we say? He learned obedience through his suffering. When we start suffering, we're ready to go. Ain't no obedience to that. Did God tell you to go? Did God tell you to quit? Did God tell you to throw in the towel? No. He said, learn, learn, grow. That's what he's calling us to. I said, that's what he's calling us to. Obedience. Observations about obedience, amen. Obedience is the highest form of worship. Think about that. The highest form of worship, especially when it's something you don't want to do. Uh, but because I want to worship you, I want my life to worship you, I'm going to do it in spite of what I think or uh, how I feel. Amen. John 14 and 23. Jesus said this to me. Jesus answered it. He was talking to the Pharisees. He answered and said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words. He said, 
said, if you love me, you'll, you'll follow my teachings. If you love me, it's not a problem. You'll do it because you love me. Amen. So we see, amen, that obedience again is love in its purest form. Love unto God. Obedience also to God is a, the actuation through through obedience, you know, God can appoint, I mean, your obedience to God's appointed, watch out, people. See, when we're obedient to God, it actuates the obedience to those he's put in authority in his kingdom. That's where a lot of people have a lot of problems. moment, uh, he a man just like I am. Who's he to tell me? He's God's appointed agent in your life. Amen. He's, he or she is of God's appointed agent to speak to you, amen, in the place of God. But sometimes we don't agree with what they say. Well, Moses and Miriam didn't agree with what Moses said. What did they say? How did they say it? God talked to us, too. Huh? They, they, you know, they kind of exalted themselves to the same level as Moses, but I think God got a little hot behind that. He said, separate them and bring them to me. And he dealt with them. He said, you know, I speak to Moses face to face. You know? I, I, I show, you know, the prophets and everybody else my acts when I, I share with Moses. Miriam got leprous behind that a little bit, didn't she? Uh, amen. And she was getting upset with him because he married an Ethiopian. Well, they're going to they're gonna rebel. Now, this is his sister and brother. They were close to him. His older sister and brother. Moses was the younger one. But yet God chose him. He's my agent. He's the one I'm going to speak to. Huh? And they put their mouth on him. No, no. See, God has appointed authority in his kingdom. He still does in that Old Testament. He still does today. Amen. And, and we need to recognize that authority. Amen. And the authority, we need to honor the authority that's been given to us. Amen. Not to abuse it. We've seen too much abuse of that authority. But it's not for you or for me to try to chastise. God is the one that will hold him accountable. God is the one that will hold me accountable for the authority he's given me in this place. See, so think, think about this, though. Your obedience to God's appointed authority. For some of you, it's not a problem to obey because, you know, you've been here. You know, you begin to come to a place where you recognize the authority that I walk in or the authority that Pastor Fred or Pastor Linda walked in. So, it's not a problem for you. It's not a stretch for you. But think about this. Are you humble enough to obey newly appointed authority? Are you humble enough, amen, as, as these young, young leaders rise up in the ranks and they're given authority? Now, are, are you humble enough because you know them? Are you humble enough to obey the authority? Now, hear what I'm saying, the authority that they've been given. See, a lot of times we, we get the authority mixed up with the person. 
and we rebel against the person, but we don't realize that we're rebelling against the authority, and the authority comes from God. You can't rebel against God's authority without rebelling against him. And we need to get that straight. I don't agree with how they do or what they do. That's not between you and them. That's between them and God. You do what God told you to do. You be obedient and you pray for your leaders as the scripture told you to do. If we would just do our part, if we would just be obedient to the word, things would be a whole lot smoother. But we got to get it right. I want I want to live in faith to be in a whole other a whole other realm. I, I, I want to see people rising up, and I'm seeing them. I'm not saying that we're, we're not here, but I want to see across the board people rising up that know why they do what they do. And we know that it's unto God, amen, it's for the glory of his kingdom, amen. It's not for our own glory or to glorify somebody else, but it's for the glory of the kingdom of God that we live this life. And by chance, if we get it right, we can spend eternity with him. But if we get caught up in our own stuff and we get caught up in the blame game and everything else, we become distracted. Let me, I'm going to show you a scripture here that helps us to understand this. Let's get to that place, everybody. Just ask the person next to you, do you want to go? Some of y'all won't even say it. We're talking about obedience. My, 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 help us. That's right, help us. Help Simple us. thing, little thing. cost you nothing but the moment of obedience like no hallelujah the same verse look look at the rest of, of the 23rd verse 14th of John hallelujah what Jesus said he said Answer said unto them, if a man love me, he will keep my word. And then he went on to say this, and my father will love him, and he will come unto him and make his abode with him. See, your, your obedience opens the door for God to come and dwell with you. Huh? Don't go on like being in the room with a disobedient child. But it opens the door for that fellowship. Your obedience opens the doors for the fellowship with God. Some of us want, just want the fellowship with the pastor. You should want the fellowship with God more. The fellowship of Jesus more. I can only hang out with you for so long. Amen. After a while, you might not want me to hang out with you. you, you know. But God, I don't think you'll ever tire of his presence. I don't think you ever get to a place where you want him to go away unless you choose to go into disobedience. Hallelujah. Obedience, number three, obedience is a result, results from submission which arises out of humility. See, it's hard, it's hard to be obedient when, you, when, I, you know, when we're not even humble. <laughs> My goodness. Like I said, it's hard to, to, to humble a man. Let me let me tell you how 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 this this submission thing is supposed to work. Humility leads to submission. Amen. I'm humble. I will submit. 
Amen. And submission leads to obedience. Amen. I'm submitted to you, so I'm going to do what the Word of God says. I'm going to do what the authority has got to say because I'm humble enough to submit. And because I'm submitted, I can obey. Huh? See how that works? Amen. And then what happens is submission opens the door for blessings and the power in your life. Honor opens doors. Huh? Honor opens doors. Amen. A simple yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. We've seen it. We've heard it. Even from our children, amen, and how their honor makes a difference in the, in the classroom. Honor makes a difference on the job. Uh, when, you're, when you're humble and you're submitted and you've learned how to be honorable. But the, the reverse is also true. Pride, in, in the negative sense, amen, is a lack of humility. Oh, you know some people that don't have no pride. Amen. And, and, and such pride is defined as an excessive, oh goodness, excessively high opinion of oneself. I'm all that. Tell me nothing. I know it all. I understand it all. Can't nobody tell me. That's pride. You won't live long enough to know it all or experience it all. You got a degree or two, the circle's got 360. In other words, it's got more point of views than you do, no matter how much you study. Huh? But we get prideful because we know a little something. Warning your children. Stay humble. No matter how much you know, it's only a little bit in the big scheme of things. You can't be an expert in everything. And you'll never know anything, everything about anything. Only God does. So we got to stay humble. We got to stay teachable. We got to continue to study and continue to learn. Follow on that we might know Him. Seeking after Him. Look what He's calling for. But that pride, amen, it, it gets in the way. And pride prevents submission. And it leads to arrogance. Oh, my goodness. Arrogance leads to disobedience. And disobedience, in its intense form, is rebellion. See how it's going the reverse direction? Pride takes us to arrogance, and arrogance takes us to rebellion. Oh, my goodness. And then rebellion is a sin, the Scripture says, that's like witchcraft. Huh? Oh, my goodness. And idolatry. Oh, why? Did I say most sin, amen, all sin, amen, it's about idolizing yourself. You think you. Huh? So we got to watch these things, amen. And it's just, you know, what happens is when we're walking in those things, what we're really doing is we're inducing a satanic fraternization. We're opening the door for the enemy to come in to fraternize with him and his ways. Why? Because we've allowed our arrogance and our pride. And all the, the Bible tells us pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. The fall. Does that remind you of anybody? Huh? Hello? Satan was the inventor of rebellious rising. Amen. Because he was arrogant. Look at Isaiah 14. I want us to get this 
Satan, amen, although he was once a part of the angelic host, one of the, one of the chief angels, but his, 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 his lack of humility prevented him from submitting to God, which led to his rebellion in heaven. Now, you know, don't, don't get nervous when you see rebellion in the earth. It happened in heaven. Huh? Don't, don't get nervous, amen. The, the Lord lost a third of his congregation. Huh? Can I, can I talk to y'all? Don't get nervous. Jesus was leading them, and he got to talking, and he was, they said it was a hard saying, and people turned around, and, 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 and most of them left. And he looked at the disciples and said, you going to leave also? Jesus had a church split. Uh, but that, just, that, that didn't stop him. And we don't know what happened to them that left. Huh? We got to stay focused. Uh, if it can happen in heaven, if it can happen in Christ's ministry, who are we? Who is in the church? Is that, oh, we're going through something. Okay, Christ went through something. They said, it, you know, it, they say they talked about the green tree. That's good that they talk about you. Of course, they're going to talk about you dry. They ain't going to talk about everybody. That's okay when they talk about you. Just stay obedient to the word of God. Just stay obedient to his will and his way. I'm trying to help us this morning. Amen. Isaiah 14, verse number 13. Amen. For thou hast said in thine heart, talking about Satan, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Oh, no, he wanted to be a superstar. Huh? Hello? I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Amen. We look at the calendar, the north is always pointing up. So I'm going to go up. Huh? I will ascend above the heavens of the clouds, and I will be like the most high. I'm equal to him. Oh, that's a dangerous mindset right there. Huh? But that mindset creeps into the church and it creeps into people, amen, because why? They, their arrogance and their rebellion and their, their, their disobedience, all those things allows them to fraternize with satanic Satan. That goes against the word of God. Rather than staying humble, rather than staying submitted, yielded, and doing what God says do. Hallelujah. Look what happened to him. Go to Revelation 12. And all that high-minded thinking read, led to his rebellion and caused his fall. Seventh chapter of the 12th verse of Revelation, it says this. And there was a war in heaven. Hello. My goodness. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels, you know, his cohorts, the ones that agreed with him, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven, and the great dragon was cast out, and the old, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan was deceived. Now look, look out now. This is what I want us to catch. Was deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. 
think he's still a deceiver? You think he's still got the same mindset? Yes. Huh? You think he can deceive any of us? But we're not being obedient to the word of God? Yes. Huh? And his angels were cast out with him. The scripture tells us a third of the heavenly host were cast down as lightning with him. A third. Now, that's influence. He was talking good. I, now, I have no idea how many angels were in heaven, but I believe it's a lot. He was able to convince two out of three people that he was right. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, one out of three. Thank you. I got it backwards. Thank you, Elder Pastor. But, and so if you go down your row and say one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Huh? Come on. If you go down your row, one, two, three, which one are you? Which one are you? Are, are you one of the ones that's giving ear to deceptive talk, deceptive thinking? It sounds good. Makes sense to the flesh. Oh, they got valid points. convinced a third. I think you better stick with the majority that's following God. You and God are the majority. Anybody come to you talking crazy stuff that don't line up with the word. I'm talking about every part of the word. I advise you. I don't care how much you love me. Because I had people in my life that I loved dearly, but I couldn't handle them. Huh? I got family members. I, 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 I just couldn't hang with. I'm going this way. They're going this way. And I hope it changes before they go this way. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to help us this morning. Huh? What are we listening to? Who are we listening to? What are we? What's the struggle? If, look at this, Jeremiah, if God be God, serve him. Huh? If Baal, if your relative, your friend, Something hard right here, right now. Your spouse? See, even Job said, You speak as one of the foolish women. You've got to be crazy. You think I'm going to turn away from God because I got balls on my body? If He killed me, yet. Huh? That's the mind we got to have, y'all. I mean, you can't put friendship, you can't put relationship, you can't put relative, you can't put none of this stuff ahead of God, ahead of your obedience to the word of God. Too many things are separating us from God and his love and his ways, amen, and we find ourselves struggling because we, we have flesh connections rather than spiritual connections mind set on him and him alone. I'm not here to serve you. I'm here to serve God. 
You're here to serve God, and together we're here to serve God. Oh, if we get along along the way, that's good, but that's not really what I'm here for. If I have dinner with you every now and then, that's okay, but I don't have to. I can serve with you, and we can, we can do kingdom agenda together. But see, sometimes we get the agendas mixed up. Our agenda, rather than kingdom agenda. And we forget why we do what we do, so we get weary because we're looking for man, and we're looking for pomp. And look at Isaiah 14 again. Uh, we're looking for the pat. We're looking for the warm fuzzies. The recognition of man. I can recognize you every day and we can both still bust hell wide open. But we'll be feeling good on the way. I'm not here for that. 14th chapter of Isaiah, 11th verse says this, and this is before he talks about his falling and his casting down, but look what it says. Thy pomp you know how we get the pomp and circumstance, name up in lights and all that. Yeah, all that sounds good. Parade for you. Thy pomp is brought down to the grave and the noise of thy vials. Woo, making music and all that for you. Huh? He said the worms, the worm is spread under thee. One version said maggots. Huh? And the worms cover thee. Maggots hang out and eat on dead things. They do eat maggots. Ah. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? See, he was cast down into the earth with his deception, and he's still weakening the nations. Until that day comes, he's still weakening some of our resolve to stand for what we know is right. We know is true. But we're forced to choose if we're going to do right or we're going to keep the connection. We're going to do right or am I going to please my wife or my husband and what they want to do? We're going to stand for what's right in the word of God and let him deal with the rest of this stuff. That's what we got to decide, y'all. It's time to get serious. The world is fooling up right now. There's, there's, there's proposals in this nation already being drafted to come against the church and this same-sex thing. To challenge your faith and mine. To see if we're able to stand the storm. And if we ain't together, we will be torn apart. I'm not talking about living faith only. I'm talking about the church at large. If we're not together, we don't get our focus on fighting for kingdom principles and get past all this other stuff, amen, that weakens us because the enemy is waltzing in and out of the church. Oh, it's just the next domino that's going to fall on this nation's fast sliding scale to being just like Sodom and Gomorrah. Are you ready to stand? Are you ready to break Break some of these flesh connections, even with your own flesh. I'm not just talking about friendships. I'm talking about even sometimes your own flesh is the wrong connection. you so connected to this thing that you can't push the plate back and fast. 
used to catering to this earth suit. Won't even get up and make it pray. tired of the enemy having his way. I'm tired of the enemy having his way. And I, I, I know the Lord is tired of his church being impotent. Amen. Emasculated. Amen. And not standing up. Amen. For what God has said is right and is true. On our job, as I was sharing with some of the leaders, on our job, sometimes we, we hear all this crazy stuff being said and we'll sit silently complicit. Amen. And not say a word. Well, I didn't agree with it. Well, silently did. Huh? And if, if they're going to talk about what they think is good, you, 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 I mean, you need to talk about what you know is good. That's not, it's not your opinion. Do not, do not give anybody your opinion. It don't count. All you need to do is just like Jesus. The Bible says it is written. That doesn't line up with the word of God. But see, when we sit there silently co-signing, you're useless to God as the salt, useless to him as the light, darkness all around us, and we're afraid to shine. We're hiding it under a bushel and saying we're not. It's time for us to wake up. Stop waiting for somebody else to be the light. You are the light. I just want to love him. Well, you want to love your child too when he's in the street. Snatch him out. Don't wait for him to pay attention. We, we got to get it, y'all. I'm trying to finish. I'm trying to finish. Hallelujah. We have got to come to a place where our heart, our mind, That even when your flesh is whining, you are willing to tell your flesh, shut up. We're going to do what's right. I'm here to serve God, not you. I'm here to serve God. He, he called me to Oak Harbor or wherever you might end up. He called me to this place. He placed me here. And until he says otherwise, this is where I serve. This is where I stand. This is who I am. They, they might not even like me there. I served in a church for years where I was not liked. I was talked about from the pulpit, but yet I stayed right there and I served diligently. I gave to ooh, Jesus. I'm not telling you something I ain't lived and walked out and seen. Just do it as unto God. You'll be all right. It's not about you. Your life is not about you. That's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. Your life, if you gave your life, Oh, maybe you loaned it. Maybe it was a lease and the lease expired. Uh, is that what it is? You know, you can have me on Sundays and Wednesdays, Lord. The other five are mine. Or did you give your life to him? See, he suffered to the cross for us. What are you willing to suffer for him? You willing to miss a meal? No. Time to rise. To make up our mind. If you run across other believers 
don't be afraid to speak. As you're dealing with unbelievers, don't be afraid to speak. It would be crazy if you put salt in the pot and the salt just put a little shield around itself. I don't want to affect the rest of the pot. They seem happy like they are. Or they might not accept me, so I won't melt. No. Salt does what it's supposed to do. It's an involuntary reaction. Why? Because it, it knows that this is my purpose. get us to know what our purpose is today. Oh my God. Satan submitted to a man, his miscarriage. He submitted a man and it caused him a great fall. And not only him, and I can just drive that point home, just not only him, but those who he had influence in their lives. He was influential. Amen. He was likable. There were some good things about him. He played great music in heaven. So much so, amen, he, he, he made beautiful music. And they loved him. But he deceived. He still used the music today to deceive. Huh? You don't want to fall prey to somebody else's struggles, somebody else's issues. What about Bible says, "Watch out! Sometimes we just gotta separate out, huh? Isn't that right? Well, that's hard, Pastor Dave. I didn't put it in your Bible. I said I didn't put it in the scriptures. See, we we gotta get to that place. People decided, well, we don't agree with Jesus. He's walking away. The disciples said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We got to get to the Bible to forsake not the assembly. God is together and he's there. But even the more we see that, do you, do, do you not see the days approaching? Do we, do, do we not see in our lifetime the scriptures fulfilling itself? So what's our part? still be so caught up in houses and lands and cars and fame and that we miss what's happening in the spiritual realm. Hello. Hello. All that stuff is fine and good, but it can't come ahead of our commitment to God. Can't See, Jesus, this ultimate, as we seen at the beginning of this message, we see his, all his, his, his commitment, his ultimate humility, even more than the horses he talked about. Because he was obedient unto the death of the cross. Are you willing to be obedient to the death of your flesh? Obedient to his word, obedient to his ways. I, I, I pray that we are. I pray we get there. Amen. That submission, amen, because it earned him the ultimate blessing. Hallelujah. Go with me to Philippians. I'm closing. Go with me to Philippians. Hallelujah. I just got to share these verses with you. Then we'll wrap it up. I'm going try to try to wrap it up. There's a passion that's growing inside of me more and more that, that we got to be about our father's business. We we got we got to we got to we got to be about our father's business. The 
we started in this verse, amen, in this chapter of Philippians 5 through 7, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who made, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. How many of you still defending our reputation? And he said this about it, that about it, this with this with that. Come on. Jesus made himself as nothing in essence so that all the focus could be on God. You know, if you don't have a reputation, then you ain't got to worry about defending it. Amen. Talk about it. You know, I, I, I do nothing to, to defend my, you know, and I've been thinking about it. You know, and ooh, goodness. Okay, that's good. You know, my, in, in, in the reading, I, I was reading this morning, reading that we're going through every morning. But one section in that reading that just really caught my attention in 2 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. That's where I was reading through it. It's like, wow. And it never hit me like it hit me this morning. I, I got to go there. Y'all indulge me. Second Corinthians six. Where Paul was talking to him, he, he's talking about it as they're working together. But then in the third verse, he said this. This is right in my notes. I want you to drop it with me. He said, "Give no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed." But share what he said. But in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God. Now, now how is he approving himself as ministers of God? Look what he says. Now, now hear, hear this. In much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watching, in fasting, by pureness, of, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love, unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor on the right of, of righteousness on the right hand and on the left hand, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers yet true, as unknown yet well known, as dying and behold, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. In other words, this is how we walk. Nowhere in there was a defense. We go through all these things, you know. We, we live a life over the years living faith. We've been assaulted been talked about. We've been sued unrighteously. We've been talked about. I've been talked about personally and still am. From one end of this island as this state to the other. But yet, although all these people can sue us and they can talk about us and they can say all these things, not once have we tried to defend ourselves. My words are speaking back. You see, everybody has the liberty to chop you up. But our integrity and our honor 
toward God and those people that don't allow a word of negativity to come out of our So there's only one side. And the rest is up to God. And he's the one that carries us through. And he's the one that makes a way. And he's the one that blesses us. And he does the same thing in your life. Or he will if you would just learn to trust him. Believe him. Follow him. Stand on his word. He said he is your vindicator. He is your defender. He said vengeance is his, not yours. Oh, no man, nothing but what? To love them. Hold our peace. Well, you need to tell people what's really going on. No! He said, no, 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 no. That's not what the Bible teaches. I'm going to be obedient to what the Word of God says. No, he said to love them. Love them. And we let God handle the rest. Because our hope and our trust is not in man. Our hope and our trust is in God. So therefore, when we trust Him and we're obedient to His Word, we can live in peace, and we can have peace and rest. And that's why I can sleep well at night, no matter what kind of stuff is going on, because I put it in God's hands. His hands are bigger than mine. Huh? And his ways are greater than mine. See, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. The scripture, I was reading another scripture last night, it said, you know, the fool's wrath rests or abides in the heart of a fool. Oh. I think I might have lost some of y'all already. Try to help us. Try to help us. God is taking us somewhere. Do you want to go? Let's stand. got to be be Christ-like. When we look in Philippians, when it tells us how he lived and how he suffered, and because of that, he learned and he, he was exalted by the Heavenly Father. We would just get to that place and, Lord, I'm, I'm not fighting a battle against man. I'm not fighting a battle against this world, Lord, but I'm living a life that glorifies you. I'm putting you ahead and above of everything else that comes in my life. If I need to suffer for your name's sake, so be it. Because that's what this word tells me anyway. If I live godly, I would suffer persecution. So if I'm live godly, I guess there's no avoiding it, y'all. Hello. But our obedience is how we live a life that honors God. That leads to blessing. The greatest blessing that we can have is to be in right standing with God. Right relationship with Him. And know it in our spirit. Not because someone told you you, you're the most godly man or woman I've ever known. But but in your spirit, you know. You know that you're right with God. That you know that your heart is completely clear. Because you know how to release and to let go and to forgive and give everything to God. 
say, Lord, I'm going to love them if they kill me. I'm going to love them if they post me on Facebook every day. I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them, amen, if they, they spit in my face. I'm going to love them. I remember a brother in California. It was about, about David's side. He was going through a lot of stuff with his wife. She didn't go to church. He did. He was faithful. He was one of the deacons. We were on Facebook. We went to the little mini mart. I was standing there, me and my wife. Where were you? Where were you? We standing there. We were talking to him in the light right behind me. His name was Brother Michael. We were standing there talking to him. His, his wife came in. She was about six inches taller than him. And she walked right up to him about this close. She said, with her throat, uh, her nostrils, and put it all in his face. Right there in public. That man loved God. All he did was reach in his pocket, pull out his handkerchief, wiped his face, and continued the conversation. Some of us, we'd have been scrapping right there. It'd have been on. We'd have all over, over that floor. Huh? Isn't it right? See, that's you. That's not God. We want to get to a place that Brother Michael was able to take that kind of persecution and yet not allow it to pull him out of who he was. Not because of fear. He was the chief in the Navy. He could, I, I know he could have handled himself. But he let God handle the situation. Not him. That's how sold out we got to get. It's not about you. Your life is not about yours. My life is not about me. Yes, I got to occupy until he comes. But don't none of it matter. If I lose everything tomorrow, it won't change how I feel about God. If I got to start having church in, in my basement, it won't change how I feel about God. I started in my family room. Huh? See, that's what my says. We, we can't get caught up in anything else. I love y'all. And God loves you more. He just give it all to you. I opened the altar up. See, everyone's already crying. Well, there's, there's issues and things that have been a roadblock for you. I invite you to come. I'm not going to ask you what it is. That's between you and God. But there's roadblocks, things that have stopped you from loving God and, and, and being completely obedient to Him. I ask you all of my heart to come and give it to him today. Surrender it to him today. Surrender yourself. We took communion this morning. It's a good day for a fresh start. Say, Lord, I'm not going to put these things in front of you no more, Lord. I come to repent. I come to surrender. I come to let go so that I can live a life that's completely obedient to you if I suffer, so be it. But I yet know you're going to bring me through. God, if I've been holding back anything from you, help me to release it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah right now. Oh, the altar is still open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's between you and God. It's between you. I'm just going to I'm just going to pray as the Spirit leads me. But I want you to pray, amen, specifically in your heart before God.
Shine your light right now, Lord. Shine your light right now, God. Shine it. Hallelujah. In the heart, Lord. Expose those things, God, that, that we've become comfortable with. Expose those things, God. Hallelujah, Lord. God, that we've embraced as our own. Expose those things. Hallelujah. Lord, that are stopping different ones from even coming to this altar, God. Expose it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Let today be a new beginning. Let it be a fresh start. Hallelujah. Lord God, if it just changes one, Lord, someone needs to say, let it be me. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord. We call upon your name and we give you honor. Lord, we give you honor. We reverence you today, God. Hallelujah. Above all else, Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice. We, we thank you for the example, God, that he was in the earth unto us, God, and yet still walking with us on each and every day, God. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to let your Holy Spirit meet our spirit, Lord, and to strengthen us, God, to break off the strongholds and to remove the lies of the enemy right now, God. We cast out the deception. Lord, we cast down, hallelujah, those things that have caused us to go astray or to go awry, God, or to think wrong. Hallelujah. We ask you right now to break every connection that's not producing godly fruit in my life. In the name of Jesus. Help me, hallelujah. Help each of us, Lord, to set our heart and our focus on you like never before, Lord. Lord, that we're not willing to change and we're not willing to give up, Lord, to please the world, God, but we are willing to change, Lord, and we are willing to give ourselves up for you. Have your way right now in this house. Have your way right now. And every individual, God, you know the ones that have come to this altar, God. You know the areas that you're working on their heart and their mind, God. Let our focus be on you and not on man, hallelujah. Lord, our service as unto you and not unto man, not unto an institution, Lord, but unto you, hallelujah. God, that when we get weary, God, you're the one that strengthens us. You're the one, hallelujah, that undergirds us. You're the one that helps us. Lord, we know you're able right now, Father, to do all things but fail. So we give you praise in advance. Hallelujah. We give you praise in advance. Hallelujah. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for overcoming. We thank you for the breakthrough. Lord, we thank you, hallelujah, for the testimony. We thank you right now, hallelujah, for being the light that you want us to be. Being the examples and the representatives that you want us to be. Let it be done in this house. Let it be done in each and every individual, God. Hallelujah. Let us be changed to be little Jesuses. To be changed, God. To represent you like you deserve to be represented. In every situation, God. Check the words. Check the meditations of our heart. Lord, check us, hallelujah, by your spirit. That we can walk in the spirit. And not fulfill the lust, the desires, and the propensities of this flesh. We bring it under subjection right now that we will be on fire for you. I said that we will be on fire for you, God. So that even as we leave this place, Lord, so we will be a light wherever we are. We will be the salt wherever we are. 
We will make a change and a difference. Not waiting for you, God, to, to be the one that reached them, God, because you told us to go into the hedges and the highways. You told us, hallelujah, to compel them to come. Set our minds, our focus on those, Lord, that need you. We thank you. We praise you right now in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to have that kind of obedience that when the whistle blows, we stop and we come back to you, God. Thank you. We praise you right now.